0: Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Wren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. My guest today is Tiffany Jefferson. Tiffany is a married homeschool mother of 10. Over the last decade, she has served in leadership and teaching roles for various community-based women's ministries. With her husband, they have both been strengthening strengthening families through discipleship, and as a mentor, Tiffany has is super passionate about teaching women how to honor their husbands, love their children, and create peaceful home environments. As founder of Your Homeschool Helper, Tiffany uses over a decade of experience to help parents get off the homeschool hamster wheel so they can educate their children with clarity and confidence. And as a writer and speaker, Tiffany's work has been featured on various Blogs, podcasts, a magazine, and a video project with the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And so I am so glad to welcome my friend Tiffany to the podcast. Welcome.
1: Hello, Rand. I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you for having me. This is
0: so fun because we know each other over Voxer and we just started. I think we just met. I know we just met in the last year. So I'm really excited that we get to actually hear your story and share your story with
1: my listeners today. Okay. I'm excited. I'm ready. This is great. Okay.
0: So let's back up to that first part of your bio where it says you are a married mom to 10. So I want to know. I want to get the inside scoop of what your daily life entails on a normal day, if there is a normal day. Okay. Okay. I want to hear
1: about it. All right. So uh, as you stated, I have 10 children. They range in age from 23 all the way down to a 15-month-old. So currently, there are eight of our children who live at home full-time. And so what a normal, and we're going to use that word loosely, normal, (laughs) what a normal day looks like uh, for me is waking up 45 minutes to an hour before my children get up so that I can have time in the word, time in prayer and worship. And after that, I make my way to the kitchen to start preparing breakfast and, um, then I even do some dinner prep while I'm down there. It's it's a whole circuit of things that I'm doing uh, in the kitchen. And the children, they start to make their way down in onesies and twosies uh, for breakfast. And then after we all uh, eat, um, then we're going different ways to tend to different things. Um, the young, The older ones are helping to get the younger ones ready. And I'm going to get myself ready for us to start our school day. I get dressed like I'm going somewhere every day, even if I'm not going anywhere. Um, (laughs) And uh, so morning chores, caring for younger siblings, and then school generally starts around (laughs) (laughs) Um, nine-ish. You all heard me say I have a 15-month-old, so you know there's there's some wiggle room that we have to be flexible in there with. And um our morning kickoff for school, it starts with prayer, worship, and announcements for the children of just some things we have going on on that particular day or just that week coming up. My younger ones are definitely are usually finished with school about noon and the older um, two uh sophomore and a, eighth grader, um, they continue on with whatever they have on their lesson plan uh, for that day. Um, then getting, you know, those down for a nap who need a nap. And after all of that, it's usually about 1.45 or 2 o'clock. So I've got, um, depending on the day, I'm working on different things. If it's going out to pick up groceries, I try to do that and run all the errands that I need to do in one day because coming back and forth, it just, it disrupts, um, the flow of home life. Mm. And, um, so I also might have, um, I have a couple boys who are playing basketball. So taking them back and forth to practice and games sprinkled, um, in the midst of our week, we, um, we eat dinner together every night as a family. That is a fixture for us. Mm-hmm. And that's the spot for devotions, um, sharing around the table, and singing. Um, bedtime for the children starts at 8 o'clock, depending on their age, and you know gets a little later on into the evening for those who are older. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I have some time of just sharing with each other about how our day was and tying up, um, just whatever, you know, folding up that last load of laundry or, Mm -hmm. and I also have a bookend purpose to bookend my days in the word. So I have some time in the word before I go to bed and reviewing scriptures that I'm memorizing. And, um, so that, that's my day in a, in a nutshell, I love what you said
0: um, that eating dinner together is a fixture in your home. I love this thought of fixtures. So can you tell me what are some other, what does it mean, a fixture? I think I know what it means. Mm -hmm. Tell me what a fixture means and then maybe a couple other fixtures you have in your home.
1: Okay. So when I say fixture, I mean something that is firmly set um, and established into our day. It's something that as a family and even the children know that they can expect that that's what we're going to do. Um, We have our days set up um, in a rhythm so that even the younger ones know after we do this, then we do this because we do it habitually. And so eating together is one of those things that we do habitually. And it's, it's a fixture. Um, The children can expect that we're going to gather together and we're going to eat. We're going to laugh. It's going to be a little loud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there is going to be sharing of the word, um, not just from my husband and I, but from the children as well. This was something that my husband started over 10 years ago, um, sharing, I, and I like to think about it this way. So, we gather at the table and we have um, taken in physical nourishment, and then we take in spiritual nourishment too. Um, as we're, you know, my husband is sharing very practically and how scripture applies to all of life. And I'd love to talk about that some more cuz it's it's something that I don't want to just glaze over because it's it's a nece- it's become a necessity for us and as christian parents um it's something that we don't want to just glaze over or think that it will just happen Mm -hmm. by chance or happen if we take our children to church or if we have them in Sunday school or if they're in youth group that though, although, and there's nothing wrong with all those other things, Mm -hmm. but it starts at home with the parents. So, um, do you want me to share about that? Absolutely. I I
0: want to hear it because I know y'all do this really well and you do it very
1: intentionally. So I want to hear more. Okay. Um, So I'm glad you said that word intentional because as I think about the way that God has graced us to do this with our own family and teaching other parents how to do this, there are um, three things that I would say it, it involves. Uh, being intentional, being vigilant, and being relational.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I have learned how to do this from my husband. And so he's God has graciously led my husband in modeling um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 4 to about 9 for our family. I I want to read. I'm going to start at verse four. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Do you notice those alls, how -hmm. that's repeated? And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So the parents first, our hearts, Mm -hmm. you shall teach them diligently to your children And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. So do you see it's all, all weaved in to our day. And through my husband's conversation and his example, he shares testimonies of the Lord and the application of the scripture for all of life, whether at home, at work, or while they're playing and why that has been such a blessing, not only to the, not just to our children, but to me, because when I was, I remember when I was in high school, you know, I studying and getting all those facts crammed into my brain and I could regurgitate anything for you on, unless it was math, <laughs> but I could regurgitate anything for you mm-hmm. on a test. Then when I got to college, professors wanted to know, well, how does this apply? And it was like a hard stop for me. I don't know how to do that. And I know for me, and I've heard this from other Christians, how, okay, so I hear and I've read what the word says, but now how do I then translate that, transfer that to the application, to the doing of the word? How do I do that? Because no knowledge is not just enough. Truth is important, Absolutely. And we need to know that truth, and our children need to know that truth, but they then need for us to bridge the gap between truth and application, so that they can be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, also. Um, that's great! Wow. And so that that's the the intentional and the relational, because we're we're having conversations um, about the Lord and the word. All, you know, at various points of the day, taking opportunity to um, talk about what we're reading about, what, how that's ministering to us, how it's convicting us, um, er- repenting and confessing um, areas of sin. Uh, as a homeschool family, we, we then go on to, we study scripture. Um, it's not just a subject that we're checking off. You know, not just checking the box. It, it's more than that. It's the crux and the the foundation of what we do. It's the core of um, our teaching us teaching our our children about the character and the nature of God and endeavoring to live that out before them, um, because there are there are children, but those who have accepted and entered into a relationship with Christ, they're also our brother and our sister too, which that, that's a whole nother, I mean, it's just such a, a paradox, but it it's the truth um, mm-hmm. as well. And um, being mindful to surround our children with truth as we carefully consider and are vigilant about what we let into our home through books, movies, music, video games, uh, all of those things have a worldview of their own. And we have to be careful about embracing worldviews that compete with or contradict with the word. Um, and another thing that I would say is regularly worshiping together. You, you heard me share how we do that um, in our school day and around the table. We've been doing that from the beginning uh, for as long as I can remember, um, from the beginning of our marriage and when we had children, introducing them to the richness of hymns didn't start until about 10 or so years ago when we um, started attending a church in Franklin, Tennessee. And in an effort to help uh, our children and myself get more acquainted with um, hymns that these brothers and sisters already knew at this this church, I uh, asked the Pastor's wife for a, a hymnal recommendation, and I ordered a few of them. And then we would listen to the songs on YouTube just so we could get the, the basic tune. And um, that's been a fixture. It just the hearing the richness of um, the teachings of the word in song form um, has been so powerful in in our lives. And all of this that I'm talking about, it's helped our children to see that while a relationship with Christ, it does have private aspects, prayer, worship um, privately, um, studying and reading the word, those same aspects are to be lived out corporately together with our own family and other believers. Take us one step further.
0: So, are, do y'all do this in your den? Do you do this in your, at, you know, at the table after you eat dinner? Tell us a little bit about it and what the kids, what you've heard your kids say about it.
1: Okay. Um, so, it, when we do it uh, before school starts, we are we're in our schoolroom. Before we had a schoolroom, we would just we would gather in our family room, um, and sing and worship and pray together there uh, after dinner it's just where get where most of us are still seated the youngest three the baby has we get she's out of her high chair and the 5 year old and 3 year old they have what i call after dinner blocks it's just you know the the big legos and there's a basket there in the dining room and they Pull those out into the foyer and they're building and playing, but they are still, they're still, they're still apart and they're still present. And even when we're singing together um, and praying together before we start school, the three-year-olds and the five-year-olds. And when we do this, you know, together as a family for our uh, weekly worship, the baby is, she's there. Mm -hmm. And so you see, it just becomes something that they are continually exposed to uh, over the years. And the the way that I do this for school um, is everybody picks a hymn on a particular day, starting with me, working their way down to the eight-year-old. And so everybody has their day that they pick a hymn that we uh, sing. So it involve- that involves them um, even more so in that aspect. And, um, around the table, my husband will ask anybody, he'll say, does anybody have a hymn or a song? And he might have one or one of the children will suggest one. And, um, oftentimes they have the words memorized. And if we don't, we just, the hymnals are nearby and we'll just, Mm -hmm. we'll just grab that. And, um, I, love to hear them singing around the house when we're, you know, not gathered together because these, these songs are mm-hmm. just playing over, um, in their minds as they have feasted on them, uh, many of them for years and some of them just for, you know, a few years, but it, it's still something that's prevalent, um. Uh, for their for their childhood so mm-hmm.
0: so what would you say to a mom who has um, two or three kids and maybe she's in your spot where you were a few years ago where you had you know a baby and then maybe you had a five-year-old and maybe you had an eight-year-old how do you incorporate that um, worship and focus on discipleship in your home when there are little um,
1: babies around mm-hmm. that is a great question I actually had um, a mom reached out to me asking a similar question, and her, her child is a lot younger than most of mine. Um, so here is what I would say. It, it doesn't have to be anything deep theologically. Start by modeling it for them. Um, you know, we when I read out of Deuteronomy, it's loving the Lord. With all and those commandments being on our heart first. So, allowing our children to see us worshiping, to see us reading the Bible. So, with the re- age range of my children, I have had many a motherhood season where my quiet time looked like reading my Bible, holding my Bible in one hand while I'm holding a nursing baby in the other, or I'm reading my Bible on the floor and my toddler is in the room and I have something quiet that they, you know, can engage themselves with. And I just explained, this is what I'm, what I'm doing right now. Or I even might read out loud to them what I'm reading um, and, you know, invite them to pray with me. So it, it can look all sorts of ways. But the point is to be consistent with it and introducing simple songs, um, scripture songs uh for children, you know, things like this little light of mine and uh Father Abraham and you know, fun, fun things that children can pick up because they're they're absorbing things right there are mirrors the good the bad and the ugly (laughs) and um we have we have an opportunity um to be part of their spiritual development at whatever age you're starting at it's it's not too late um i i would encourage a mom who's in that situation to not overthink it and to not uh neglect the the truth that um, God's grace is sufficient and that, you know, we hear that word grace and sometimes we just throw it around like it's just a word. It's more than that. It's God's enabling strength for us to do exactly what he's asking us to do and he will show us how to do that so we can toss this idea of Perfection to the wind, and I'm talking to myself as someone who's a recovering perfectionist. I I have thought that certain things needed to be just so, and the just so is I just so need to obey <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love it. That's that's what I need to do, um, and keep my eyes focused on him and his sufficiency, not just for myself, but for my children too. Mm. So good. Tiffany, I'm so glad to know you. You are amazing.
0: And I've learned so much from you. Even though I have one child, I can learn all these strategies from you because if they can work for 10 children, eight at home right now, they can work for Um, one child that I'm pouring into. And so, man, I just, I've learned so much. Um, So tell me, what is it, um, you are a homeschool mentor. And so tell me a little bit about that. You're known for encouraging moms. You give them tools for life by being a homeschool coach, a homeschool mentor. What does that look like for mamas who get coaching from you?
1: Okay, What a
0: great opportunity you have and what a great opportunity
1: for us to glean from you. That's a great question. Um, So we've been a homeschool family for 15 years. Uh, Our oldest three children are homeschool graduates. Um, I love to brag on them. So I'm going to do that for a moment. We our, our t- children, we have them broken down into groups. So the oldest three, we call the bigs. And the bigs are in their 20s. Um, one of them, the oldest, he's an officer in the army. And the other two are finishing up their um, college degrees. And so they, um, by God's grace, have done remarkably well in, in college. And I thank God for his grace in equipping us to prepare them for uh, for that, not just academically, but spiritually, Mm -hmm. um, to be ready to face uh, the opposing worldviews that are very present and prevalent Mm -hmm. um, in this society that we live in now. But so for moms who um, get coaching, homeschool coaching from me, I currently... Offer one-on-one coaching with plans to offer group coaching uh, in the future. But right now it's one-on-one and regardless of where they are in their journey, I help moms who are just starting out. Um, So maybe just starting out with the kindergartner, I help moms in that area. I help moms who are starting out, but their children are older. I help moms who uh, want to continue to homeschool their children and their children are in high school. Um, and I provide personalized coaching, like I meant, like you mentioned in my bio to get them off that homeschool hamster wheel, running, 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 but not going anywhere. Ain't Mm -hmm. nobody got time for that. Mm Um, so Mm -hmm. I asked one of my clients what she would say about, um, the homeschool coaching that she's received from me. So I'm just going to read some of her words because, you know, I can, I can sit here and I can. Tell you and your listeners this is what I do, but I think it's really helpful to hear from somebody who I'm actually coaching and this is what this is what they are receiving. So yeah she said um, encouragement to overcome setbacks, um, a push to move beyond limiting beliefs, accountability and wise, suggestions from a homeschool mother who has the fruit of sending her adult children into the world academically and spiritually prepared. And so that is what I have to offer moms. I pray with and for my clients. Um, we are and encouraging them in their journey with the same encouragement that the Lord has given me and our family in our own journey. And that's making him the center. Like homeschooling is, it's not an end. It, it's a means and it's a tool that we're using as we're raising and discipling our children. Um, and we want, we want the Lord and his word to be the center of that because that's what we want our children to take with them, when they have been launched from home um, because that's the only thing that's going to sustain them when they're launched from home.
0: What a good word. And you and your family are such a light Um, and especially in this area of homeschool coaching. And then your husband and yourself, y'all have both done a homeschool co-op where you're working together, which is amazing. And so I think you are just doing amazing work, great things. Um, And so I want to know where, what kind of resources do you have that you can share that people can go and find you online and then resources you
1: have that they can grab? Okay. Um, well, you can find me a couple places, several places online. I have a website. It's called finish with joy. So that's finish with um, And on that website, you can uh, find some discipleship resources. Um, I've, talking about some of the things that I've talked about here today. I also have a um, Bible study notebook. Um, And I'm reading through the Bible this year. And I was looking for a way to – one place that I could write down um, a summary of what I was reading, things to – questions that I have or things to study later because he – Here's the thing about me and reading the Bible. I want a deep dive on all the things. And so when I do that, it's hard for me to then continue to keep moving. Um, And so this Bible journal, these pages will allow you uh, to do that place where you can write down the scriptures that you're memorizing. So all of that is... uh, on my blog and you can learn a little bit more about another resource that I have called hopefully motherhood, encouraging moms with biblical truth and helping them to um, make reading the Bible and memorizing scripture, a integral part of their life. Mm -hmm. Oh, and on Instagram. Oh, sorry. Instagram, Instagram, Instagram Finish with joy. Facebook. Same thing. And I want to know, those are some excellent
0: resources. I want to know what um, led you to name your blog and your Instagram and Facebook, Finish with Joy.
1: Okay, yes. This this is a great um, story. So I will tell you that I am an outgoing introvert. <laughs> and the, the idea of sharing my thoughts on the Internet at first uh, was a, it was very daunting. Like I, I didn't want, I mean, yes. I barely wanted to share my thoughts with people that I knew much less strangers on the internet. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Me too. Um, a friend just continued to pray and encourage me. And so, uh, my blog has been up now for, I think it's eight years, but, um, the namesake for, for my blog was inspired by a sermon series, um, on the book of Acts, uh, chapter 20 by George Grant. And verse 24 says this, and I'm, I'm going to read it, but none of these things, and this is Paul writing. So when he's, these things are the bonds and afflictions that would await Paul in Jerusalem. So none of those things move me. He writes, neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God of God. So at the end of not just my time sojourning on this side of heaven, but at the end of every day, caring for little and not so little people, loving my husband, managing my household and being a worker in God's kingdom, that's, that's the attitude that I want. I want to be found finishing my daily life and my life race that the Lord has set before me with joy, not the joy necessarily in the circumstance, because I think we can both agree that not all circumstances are joyful. Sure. But taking hold of God's enabling strength um, to to do that, and you know, joy is not rooted in circumstances, and it's rooted in Jesus, and so that's why, regardless of. What is going on around me and us? Um, Having our footing sure on the word and the unchangeableness of Jesus helps us to have joy in circumstances that aren't joyful. I mean, we see it all through scriptures. We read about it in the lives of the first century church of the martyrs. These were people who were going to their death, praising the Lord. Joyful situation? No, (laughs) joyful because of Jesus. Yes, joyful because of, of the suffering that they were able. Can you, I'm able to endure that suffering for Jesus and being joyful because of it. Because why? Because Christ has modeled that for us. Hebrews 12 tells us that, you know, for the joy that was set before him, the joy of what he was given to do. Um, and so we we know because of his, he's not only given us his example, but he's given us the enabling strength because of what he did coming as a man, fully man, but fully God, we're able to then live in the same manner that he did for his glory. Mm.
0: Yes. yes, yes, amen, yes. amen and amen. What a great note to end on, but... Uh, I admire you so much, Tiffany, and I'm so grateful that we were able to connect um, on the internet. And hopefully, one day we will get to meet in person. I cannot wait. I told you the other day on a Voxer. I was just thinking about the day that we're going to meet, and I like got teary thinking about it because of just the fact of that we didn't know each other a year ago, and mm-hmm. we. Now do, and we have, you know, we're sisters in Christ, but we can have this fellowship with each other over, you know, a crazy thing called the internet. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and your um, encouragement in my life.
1: Thank you, Ren, for those kind words. I, um, I'm thankful for you too, and like you said at the beginning, just the way that the Lord is knitting our hearts together, you know it. It might seem like a strange thing. Here we are two people and we've we ha- don't haven't met in person, but um I just think about how the Lord does that. The Lord in between us um bringing us together, knitting us together so that we can encourage each other, you know, we've messaged each other back and forth with what I call friendly reminders. And it's friendly reminders about the word, you know, about this is what God has said, this is what he's saying, this is what his, you know, his word says. And so we're encouraging each other to keep our gaze uh, where it needs to be when we're tempted to look down, remembering yes. to look up. Absolutely. Amen. Amen to that.
0: Let's hear what Tiffany is eating, what she's reading, and what she's loving. I can't
1: wait to hear. Okay. So, eating. This one kind of stumped me for a little bit because oh, I love to eat. You know how I love to eat. <laughs> I know, here's what I told my children I really believe that there are two people, two kinds of people in the world when it comes to food mm-hmm. people who live to eat mm-hmm. and people who just eat to live. Okay. okay. I'm eat to live. But okay. I will tell you that I have recently <laughs> become reacquainted with a childhood food nemesis and that is Brussels sprouts, oh. Brussels, roasted Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. It's good. So they I, I introduced, that to good. My children, introduced it to my children and it is, they're asking for roasted Brussels sprouts. Wow. That's impressive. So, so mamas, if you want to try to get your children to eat some Brussels sprouts, try to roast them. Okay. Okay. So that that's the eating. Um, the reading, I am reading um, a book called Mama Bear Apologetics. Um, and I think we can agree, as I said before, that um, this world is a lot different now than it was when you and I were growing up. And um, so the world that our children will grow up in is, and they are growing up in, is different. And so as part of our homeschool curriculum, once our children get to high school, they're reading and studying things about to help them become acquainted with worldviews, how to spot them, um, how they're different and why they're different than Christianity. And so this book... It's written for mamas, obviously. Mama bear apologetics, and so that's that's what I'm reading um, because I wasn't taught apologetics growing up. Um, I didn't come to Christ until I was 19, and that, that's a whole nother story. Um, so, anyway, that that's what I'm reading. And the loving what I am loving is watching my children, all of all ages, watching them interact with each other, watching them enjoy. Uh, one another, watching them serve one another, watching them delight in one another. We, I don't rem- we went to visit, no, we we were at uh, a basketball game and we've got lots of space, but there my children are <laughs> and they are as close, as close can be to one another. And you know, they do this at home too. There, there's a couch and a love seat. And where do they want to be? Oh, on the lips, oh, how funny. So that is what one of the things that I'm loving, and our baby is walking, and so I'm loving mm. watching her get around. I'm not loving her getting into things, but I am watching loving her. Get around. She was dancing the other day I saw on oh, Facebook. yes, she she's got this squat kind of dance that she does that's Pretty stinking cute. So cute. Yes, so
0: cute. Wow. Well, you mentioned about coming to Christ when you were um, a, a, a teenager. I want to hear that story at another time. So I'm going to invite you back to come on for that story and then the story of how you went from not wanting any children or desiring children to having uh, to be a mom of 10. So I want you to come back on if you can sometime. I would love to. So much to talk about and chat with you, but thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming on the podcast today and encouraging us with your words and those fixtures that are in your home to encourage us with. Thank you.
1: It's been my pleasure, Ren.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast today. I pray you are encouraged. And if you were, I want to connect you with our Friends of a Feather community. So something new I'm starting in 2021 is every month I will be hosting a Friday Zoom meetup for all Friends of a Feather podcast listeners to connect and talk about the episodes from the month. I'm really excited and I would love for you to join in. You can go to my website at wrenrobbins.com. And on the homepage there, you can find out all the information. It's a free group, but it's a really great way for us to all share about the episodes, share some takeaways, and have community together. So I will see you in that Zoom room the last Friday of every month. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.